welcome to the Carry On Cast. This is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church where you get to hear the pastors talk about the upcoming preaching text, learn a little bit together, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, snort laugh. Uh, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Pastor Megan and I'm here with Pastor Jen. And Pastor Jay. Hey, it's good to be together, everyone. Um, there's a lot going on. Uh, for for starters, I ho- did you did you put away your Christmas trees? Did you put away? No, your Christmas, Christmas isn't over yet. Oh no, it is. It's well, on the sixth, right? Six. What day is right. it today? So, <laughs> that's true. This, that's, I do like to remind people that the twelve days of Christmas are not the twelve days leading up to Christmas. Mm-hmm. The twelve days of Christmas start with Christmas. And then when you get to January 6th, which is Epiphany, then you are officially out of the Christmas season. Mm -hmm. We did get our Christmas tree on the day after Thanksgiving, though, so it doesn't usually make it past the 26th of December. Oh, so it's going to fall apart a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we just kind of let it fall apart, you know. Okay. (laughs) It might be a fire hazard at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if if anyone still has their Christmas tree up, it's just because you can say I was just celebrating the twelve days of Christmas, right? And liturgically to correct. Keep it liturgically mm-hmm. correct, right? And, and if you need to, you know, if you need to transition it into an epiphany tree, why not? Uh, you just go for it, mm-hmm. friends. You live your life. Um, <laughs> you kept watering that tree. Keep it going. That's right. Uh, but yeah, we're moving kind of out of these. Uh, preparing for Christmas texts that we were hearing from the prophets through the Old Testament. Uh, We're moving out of these texts from Matthew that are so closely associated with Christmas, Magi and shepherds, Joseph. We are moving now into the meat of the book of Matthew. And so accordingly, we're also uh, starting a new sermon series. Uh, This series is called The Great Teacher. A lot of these lessons that we're going to be hearing from the Gospel of Matthew now Uh, most of them have Jesus explicitly teaching. Uh, He does a lot of that. Uh, But there's also uh, parts where we we are learning something about who Jesus is and about who we are called to be as Mm -hmm. followers of Jesus. I think especially uh, here at Easter, you know, when we think about our mission statement to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Well, what does it mean to grow in our faith? What do we learn from Jesus about growth and faith and development and then when we say carry on the work of Jesus Christ well what even is that work (laughs) how do we know what it is how do we decide that uh, we're going to be a part of it um so let's you know hear from from the gospel of Matthew what that what that sounds like here for us for these next few weeks yes and we're entering the season of epiphany so we are learning about Jesus. We are growing in our faith. The, the focus is on Jesus revealed. And Jesus is revealing himself through these texts as a teacher, as a healer, as how do we follow somebody um, like this? And what do we uh, emulate as disciples? So it is, it's all about learning about Jesus and what is the meat of his ministry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's Baptism of Jesus Sunday. Um, I think we mentioned before that Epiphany, January 6th, used to be a much bigger day in the church year, probably, and maybe even still is in the Eastern Church. And and traditionally, uh, it was a day for reading uh, this text of the, of the Baptism of Jesus and, and the Wiseman story that we've already talked about, the Magi story of last week, and then also the Wedding of Cana. Um, that's another one that sometimes gets uh, included in this, this Sunday because of it also says something about how Jesus is revealed, uh, who he 
he is and how that's made known. Uh, the, the wedding at Cana was is known as the first miracle that Jesus performed, at least in John's gospel, uh, turning water into wine. So there's lots of water imagery at, mm. around this time, which is a little odd in uh, here in Minnesota to be t- <laughs> thinking about water. Um, have you heard this? There's a tradition in Greek Orthodox, in the Greek Orthodox Church, where they would, on Epiphany, throw a cross out into the water, like into the sea or a lake or wherever, and then people, I think usually men, maybe it's more inclusive now, would then race, they dive into the water to see who could retrieve that cross. And I've heard that the Greek Orthodox Church on uh, Lake Calhoun, St. Mary's, uh, does that even. Uh, I, I have to confirm if, or at least they have done that, cutting even, even to the point of cutting a hole in the ice oh. and retrieving a cross. I'm not going to do that this no, year I, or, I, or I, any I, year. I volunteer to not. But it's a, a fun <laughs> tradition around Epiphany. Wow. So, Interesting. Yeah. yeah, and uh, honestly, when you talk about, like, um, you know, outdoor baptism, baptism in a live body of water, um, that's a, an exciting and beautiful thing. And in Minnesota, there is kind of a um, there's kind of a time limit on that. So this mm-hmm. is not usually yeah. the time of year that most people are requesting yeah. uh, a baptism in the river. And I should have said Dave McCoska. Sorry, I've been oh, oh, away yeah. for a while. Yeah, um, yeah that's yeah. true. Yep. Okay. That's true. You've been you've been uh, speaking a different language for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you were too too engrossed in Maori there, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, it, but we are talking about baptism, and we are in this story even talking about baptism in live body of water Mm. Uh, we are talking about uh, baptism in the river Jordan and uh, we're not just talking about anybody's baptism my goodness we are talking Mm -hmm. about Jesus baptism so so let's hear the story and then let's talk about what's going on in the story and folks I also hope you'll think about um, not just the baptism that we're hearing in this story from Matthew but to think about baptism larger scale what do you know about your baptism Uh, what is the last baptism you saw what are some of the things that you think of when you think of baptism? Carry those things with you as you hear this lesson today. Pastor Jay, would you would you read the lesson for us? Yes, I'll read from Matthew 3. Uh, this is the verses for Sunday are 1 through 6 and 13 through 17. So we're skipping over the, the verses 7 through 12, which is about John the Baptist saying, You brood of you vipers. Brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? <laughs> nice, a passage that's nice, judgy and, yeah. often read in in Advent, mm. um, the beginning of the church year. You brood of vipers. We're going to skip over that for this <laughs> Sunday, and we will read one through six, and then thirteen through seventeen. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near." This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. 
And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Oh, yeah. Pastor Jen, what do you hear? What are you, what are you hearing in this text today? So much is happening mm. in this text. We are learning about John the Baptist and his his attire and, <laughs> and his diet, <laughs> which is very interesting. Yeah. And then you get into Jesus being baptized and this tension between John the Baptist and Jesus because John doesn't want to baptize, so there's some recognition of, of power difference, status difference. Um, and then also, this is God speaking. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not talking about yeah. God in this text. We're not hearing about God. We're actually hearing God's voice, and God is active in this moment. And there's so many big, important things that are happening in just these few verses. Yeah. yeah. And Jesus is getting ready for his ministry. Mm-hmm. This is the kickoff point. Right. From here, Jesus goes out uh, into the wilderness and is tempted by the devil and... Um, you know, really dramatic scene after that. So it is kind of from from drama to drama. Mm-hmm. Um, Pastor Jay, what do you hear? In that, I wonder what the crowd around Jesus being mm-hmm. baptized would have heard and seen at that time. And in the different Gospels, as we had said before we started recording, this is the baptism of Jesus is, is uh, described in all four Gospels. And there's some little differences uh, among them. One is at the very end, the voice from heaven says, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Uh, so it seems to be a voice speaking to not Jesus, but to the crowd so that others would hear, this is my son. In Mark, I think, I don't remember what Luke has, but it says, you are my son, the beloved. So it's more of a voice to Jesus or my chosen. Um, and and so it seems to be something that Jesus needed to hear before he went out into the wilderness to be tempted. So I, I'm just wondering, yeah, what, what would others have heard? Well, even, and then it says Jesus saw the the dove or the spirit of God descending like a dove what did that look like did Jesus see it only or did the crowds we don't really know and that's I guess not the point but Matthew (laughs) is writing this for us to read because now this is how uh, who Jesus is is now being revealed to us and and to others uh, through through Matthew's writing. But I wonder about it still. Yeah. And Pastor Jen, like you said, in this time of epiphany, there's definitely that, that theme of revealing, yep. right? This idea that uh, just as, as Christ was made known to the Magi who followed the star, like, oh, the world is learning about Jesus, that sort of revealing continues here. Uh, Matthew also has uh, sort of, as we've experienced in a lot of places in his writing, this real priority of talking about um, fulfillment about mm-hmm. like this was done so that we could cross this thing off the list. We this had to happen. We have to quote Isaiah here. Even uh, Jesus in in verse fifteen saying to to John the Baptist, "Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness." If that is not like a super gospel of Matthew phrase, I don't know what it is because mm-hmm. it's got so much of what Matthew prioritizes. Not just that sense of fulfillment, but Matthew talks a lot about 
about righteousness, about what is it, what does it mean to be righteous? How does how does one live into that? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it is a very Matthew way to tell this story that does indeed appear in all four Gospels, which is, that doesn't always happen. There's a lot of stories that are, are unique to one Gospel or a couple things, but this one we find in all four places, all with their unique mm-hmm. details accordingly. Yeah, it's very important. And I think John the Baptist in Matthew is like the last in the line of the the prophets. He's ah. the last one who is saying, this will happen, this will happen. And then Jesus is able to say, it is happening. Mm-hmm. Right here. Uh, it, I, it's fulfilled. I'm the answer. I'm the goal. And so it's this movement from from expectation, expectation to, yes, here is Jesus. And yeah. this is what we've been waiting for. I think that's really important. And that is, Jesus isn't just something entirely new, uh, but a fulfillment. Um, yeah. uh, so he is, I think that's why it's important he's baptized by John. He's not um, going in a completely different direction from everything God and God's people have been doing up until that point, but is baptized is a continuation of that prophetic teaching and now something new in that same spirit is being revealed in him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we're going to be starting this or we are continuing this series of Jesus the great teacher, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this is important as we begin that because it, it it says why we should listen to Jesus as a teacher, not just because he's one of many very interesting teachers, mm-hmm. but he is God's son, the beloved, um, with whom God is well pleased. So it is good for us to, to listen to him. And I'm reminded also then of the Transfiguration story. Oh, uh, often yeah. on Transfiguration Sunday in the middle of February, we read that at passage. And there some disciples are with Jesus on the mountain. He's transfigured. And we hear the same kind of uh, message from a voice from heaven. This is my son, the beloved. And then also listen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. that's why we listen to him, because of what God has revealed to us about Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, it, because this is Jesus' baptism, uh, similarly, we baptize and are baptized. You know, this is um, when Lutherans talk about uh, sacraments, there's all sorts of you know details that we hang on that. And one of them is that the, you know, it's something that Jesus has told us to do. Now, Jesus doesn't tell us to do it here. He's kind of just modeling it here. It's really in Matthew's gospel. It's not really until you get to the Great Commission at the end where Jesus says, you know, go and baptize all people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, but there, but there is some of this. You know, this is something that Jesus does. And I, you know, I, I'm being a bit cheeky, but I mean it. Like, if it's good enough for Jesus, mm-hmm. it's probably good enough for us yeah. too. You know, <laughs> right. If even the Son of God Himself knows that this is necessary to fulfill all righteousness, um, hey, yeah. I think it's, prob- it's probably a good thing for you as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it, we also talk about that um, Lutherans in baptism that has a physical element attached to it. And it's quite obvious here in this story what that one is. It's water. Um, but it doesn't have to be any kind of special water. Like, it um, doesn't have to come from anywhere in particular. Uh, the stuff we baptize with here just came from the faucet. So, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it can be just regular old water. And I kind of like that even better. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about where the water came from or what happened to it or how it got here. Um, it's that God can do something with super ordinary 
yeah. water. And it doesn't matter how much water either, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Though probably it's a better symbol to have lots of water yeah. to yeah. symbolize the abundance of God's grace. Also, of course, that drowning mm-hmm. uh, to sin and a resurrection to new life. Um, but for practical uh, reasons, it's probably better just that we have little pouring of water and that was true you know in in germany and the big cathedrals in the 16th century when luther was uh doing his writings it got a little cold there in the winter Uh, um it was you couldn't really have a big baptistry there Mm -hmm. so chilly yeah it would be chilly here too Um, yeah, and um, there's even, uh, I wish I could remember where it's from, a, a, an early church writing that talks about baptism and how much water you should use. And it cracks me up every time because it starts with like, oh, yes, you should use a lot of water. They should have all the water and be very wet. But if that's not possible, then it should just be really wet. And you should use a lot. You should use as much water as you can. But if you only have a little bit of water, a little bit of water is still good. And if really all you can do is sprinkle, that's fine. And I'm like, okay, so if for like... Like over 1,500 years, Christians have been doing everything from full immersion to a couple drops. It's probably not about the amount of water. It's probably about what God does with the water. It's probably mm-hmm. about God's action in that way. So, mm-hmm. so I'm, you know, for those of you who have been worried, for instance, if I have baptized a child, a grandchild of yours, and you know, just kind of got their hair a little damp, I promise you it still took. I promise <laughs> that is still a good baptism. <laughs> I always find it fun how when you do a baptism uh, with children and they're fussy or they're a little squirrely, and then when you actually put the water on their head, often they will stop and say, something's happening here. <laughs> this is not, you know, this is not normally what I do in church, or this is interesting. And mm-hmm. the kids will often get refocused in that moment. I mean, sometimes they'll cry because oh, they I don't get, want the water. I get a lot of screamers. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, there is an impact with the water. Like, yeah. they, they feel the impact, however that may be. And um, that's just, I think, always a fun thing to notice, that this is a moment for them and and the water is important and it doesn't matter what kind of water it is but the use of water even a little bit is Mm -hmm. impactful and and makes a difference yeah absolutely you mentioned that sacraments have a physical element for communion the bread and wine of course and one reason for that is i think then there's no doubt about who this gift is for Mm -hmm. like if your head is wet mm-hmm. you are the one for whom these these promises are spoken and the same thing with communion when you take that bread and wine into your own mouth you can't say well this really is for someone else but you know for it is for for me um i think yeah i think we're human beings we need things like that those really real tangible things to make these abstract promises real yeah and even, uh, you know, another thing that Lutherans will say about sacraments is that it's a, it's a gift of God's grace. It is a way that those tangible promises become real. Uh, and what are those promises? You know, promises for life, promises for forgiveness, promise that, that God is with you, that God is for you. Like, these are the, these are the promises we receive in baptism. Um, and uh, just in case you were wondering, friends, um, if you were baptized anywhere other than a Lutheran church, um, God's promises were real there and then as mm-hmm. well. So if, if there was ever any question, uh, Lutherans will always recognize another Christian baptism uh, because it, God was there. Like it doesn't matter what words the people said. It doesn't matter what building it was in. Um, 
if it was you know truly Christian baptism, is truly there. Like God is really in a part of it. So no, you do not need to be rebaptized, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much ever, really, mm-hmm. uh, as far as Lutheran theology goes. Um, Again, like you said, Jesus was only baptized once. Yeah. Yeah. He only needed one, yeah. and if it's good enough for him, it's good Ooh, enough for us. Right? <laughs> seems, seems about right. Yeah, it's, and I, I think that can sometimes be confusing. I know there are different traditions that have different beliefs on that, and that is fine. And in the Lutheran tradition, we're, we're a one-and-done kind of church when it comes mm-hmm. to baptism because God is big enough to do the work that needs to be done mm-hmm. in, that, uh, in that single baptism. So um, I don't remember when I was baptized. I mean, I see, I've seen pictures. I know the date. I know those things, but I don't, I don't remember it. Um, but I don't have to. I, I can continue to be reminded on a day like this, on Baptism of Jesus, when we read these stories. Anytime I see someone get baptized or get to be a part of a baptism, because let's be honest, as pastors, it's one of the coolest things we get to do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Right? So um, I can remember those yeah. promises. I can be reminded that they're still for yeah. me. And as someone who appreciates ritual and its mm. role in my uh, faith life, I can understand the... You know, desire that somebody might have if they've gone through kind of a, a renewal or reawakening of, of faith in their lives to want to be rebaptized. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we wouldn't typically do that, but we can do an affirmation of baptism. It's the same kind of thing that mm-hmm. happens in confirmation. Confirmation Sunday, uh, students or whoever is being confirmed affirms their baptism. And I think that's that's a powerful thing that we can do individually uh, yeah. in, in uh, kind of a, a service. Or sometimes we do that corporately yeah. as we remember baptism in our worship service. Yeah. And we can also remember that these words of God are also for us that mm. we are the beloved yeah. we we are the ones with whom god is well pleased in baptism because of that gift of baptism not because of anything we've done or not done but just because we are created um, and loved by god this is an identity that we can hang on to for our whole lives that we are beloved we are we are people who god um, is well pleased with and I think that really helps us day to day. Mm-hmm. At least it helps me. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that'll carry us, friends, to remember that that you truly are God's own beloved child now and always. Those promises in baptism are are for you, and they are as true now as they were on whatever day it was that you were baptized. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gosh, we're just so glad to be together with you here at Easter Lutheran Church. Uh, thanks for joining us in the Carry On Cast today, uh, the podcast here at Easter, where our mission is indeed to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks, everyone. Ooh.